Real stories, reliable information, the latest technology and news. Welcome to the Plastic Surgery Hub podcast, connecting people with practitioners. Hello listeners, it's Trish Hammond here again from Transforming Bodies and today I'm going to be having a lovely chat with the lovely Miss Tara and Tara recently had surgery with Dr. Mark Edenberg from Eden Institute and she's going to tell us about her journey which um, has been quite amazing from what I hear. So welcome Tara. Thanks Trish, thanks for having me. Oh, thanks so much for joining us today. So tell us, Tara, so, so what's your story? Like, so what did you have done and why did you have it done? And yeah, let's, let's talk. <laughs> <laughs> um, look, I, um, my husband and I, we had a fairly difficult time um, conceiving a child and we went through several different fertility treatments and I underwent several different surgeries um, and my weight fluctuated drastically um, throughout and after we were lucky enough to have our our baby my little girl um, you know my body I was just really unhappy with it and I you know really wanted to do something to fix myself and and it quickly became apparent that just you know diet and exercise was not going to be enough Um, so I had previously had some more minor procedures with Dr. Edinburgh, um, but I went to visit him to see what he could do for me. And we did what is commonly referred to as the mummy makeover. Um, so I had a breast lift, I had the implants, I had a tummy tuck and a little bit of liposuction. Right. So, so were you overweight at all or you, and lost weight or it was just from having a baby that you just wanted to get your skin and body back to normal? Um, I, at the start of our fertility journey, I was about 69 kilos and by the end of it, I was about 89 kilos. Um, and I ended up losing weight whilst I was pregnant. But on the day that we had my daughter, I was like 105 kilos, which, um, was quite a big, big change in the weight. And, um, yeah, yeah. And a lot of it was due to, um, a lot of the medications that I'd been on. Um, so, you know, and and it just actually changed my body shape as well. So at the start of some of the medications that I was on, the nurses told me, look, you know, your midsection is going to change because of the hormones that we're, we're adjusting. Um, and that's exactly what happened. And, um, although I lost, you know, a lot of weight myself, especially after having a baby, it was just, you know, my stomach was scarred and stretched and it just wasn't what I was used to. I know what you mean because I can remember after having my, it wasn't so much of my daughter, but after having my second child, was it my daughter? Oh, no, it was after having my son. That's right. <laughs> after having my second child, which was my son, um, my, I just couldn't believe the way my skin actually looked. And more importantly, I can't believe what it was doing to my brain. Like I know that that just sounds you know really stupid because a lot of people you know, it, it doesn't matter. But for me, it just like, even though I was sort of chubby all over, I'd lost this, I'd lost weight and then I'd got pregnant. And then of course I'd put on the weight, but then because I'd lost weight, put it on, got, sorry, lost weight or was big, lost weight, got pregnant, had the baby. And then this whole saggy floppy looking skin was just like, 
you know, just for me, it was just like, I, I couldn't even bear to, it was just, it was almost like I was embarrassed to, not that anyone could see it, but I was just embarrassed that I had it under there, which sounds really weird. It's almost a mental problem, but it's how I felt. So I totally get it when you just don't feel like you anymore. Hey. Yeah. And I think it was for me, you know, like I love to exercise and I, you know, I used to go to the gym, you know, five or six times a week. And for me, I even felt so self-conscious and just not myself that I, I didn't have the confidence to even go back to the gym. Like I, I felt like people were judging me and I was judging myself and, um, you know, and even after I did lose weight, you know, I, I think I had about 10 different scars on my stomach. Um, so it just, it just didn't look the same at all. Um, so it wasn't just the feeling, it was the look and it was just, you know, I think as well, a bit of a, a physical reminder of everything that I'd been through. And I was like, you know, I just want to get rid of it. You know, I just want a fresh start. So, yeah. Yeah. Good on you. Like good on you. More, more power to you for acknowledging that that's how you felt and, um, you know, and believing and wanting to do that just for a fresh start for yourself. So yeah, you would have had scars on your belly as well. Hey. Yeah. Yeah. So I, um, I had a cesarean with my daughter, but I'd had, uh, three previous surgeries, uh, keyhole surgeries, but they go in through four different points on your lower abdomen. Um, so I'd even had a pretty bad scarring inside my belly button. So for me, even to like touch my belly button was full of scar tissue and it didn't feel like my own belly button anymore. Um, so yeah, quite, quite a bit of scarring, which, you know, Dr. Edinburgh thankfully sort of got rid of it all for me. And now I've just got the one clean line. Yeah. Nice. And, and are you using something for that scar? Um, I used a combination of things. I did a little bit of the LED light therapy. Oh, um, how good is that? <laughs> I love it. Same. I want one at home. <laughs> oh, that would be amazing. I know. Um, I would like to maybe start doing some skin needling over the top of it now, but I just use like a mixture of creams and oils for a while. But to be completely honest, it's not, um, the scar's not, not bad at all. Like it, it doesn't worry me and it's below the underline. So, um, you know, even, even in swimwear, you can't see it. So yeah, it's, yep. it doesn't really concern me. Yep. Well, I know what you mean as far as like call the keyhole stuff, because I've got um, keyhole scars and then I had back surgery, which they did from the front. So I've got like, um, you know, big line there and, uh, and, and I've had a tummy tuck before. So that, that line from hip to hip doesn't bother me, but the ones that, you know, cause you're covered by your underwear, but the ones around yeah. your button all over, they really annoy me. I'm going to have to do something yeah. about it myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So tell, me, so tell me about your experience. So, so first of all, how did you decide on um, Dr. Edinburgh? Um, there was a combination of factors. So I had friends who had procedures with him many years ago. And um, funnily enough, he also did some work on my mother-in-law um, like 18, 20 years ago. Um, but I was talking to my obstetrician um, about, you know, what happens after the birth. And he sort of said, oh, you know, a lot of my patients do go in for tummy tucks. And he recommended me to Dr. Edinburgh as well. So it was just a combination of things. And I had actually booked in to see um, three doctors because I thought, you know, I'll do my due diligence and I'll, I'll go around and see who I'm most comfortable with and what's going to work best for me. But I met with Dr. Edinburgh first and, um, I just felt really comfortable with him and his office. 
they were very easy to deal with. He really, you know, you, you could just tell that he was very caring and supportive and um, he was very realistic as well. So um, I, I just found that I clicked with him, so I cancelled my other appointments and, um, and yeah, we, I went ahead with him straight away. Well, that, that's that, that's great because I'm always one for yeah, book with three, and then by the end of that three, you'll know who you want. But hey, if you work it out sooner, it, it's what feels right in your heart. I've I always believed that. Yep, I, I really felt um, that I would get the best level of care from from him, and you know, and like I said, I know a few people that have been to him before, and they always spoke very highly of him. And to have you know my my other doctor also say, oh, you know, I've heard really good things about him. It just sort of um, solidified what I was thinking and feeling and my husband had the opportunity to meet him as well and um, you know he he liked he liked Dr Edinburgh too found him very easy to deal with um, yeah that's great did you take your husband to your appointment um, not the not the initial appointment mm-hmm. um, but he he did come in with me after the initial appointment um, and so he had the opportunity to meet Dr Edinburgh and yeah, he, he again felt very comfortable. Like Dr. Edinburgh was very experienced. He knew what he was talking about. He's done this, um, you know, so many times, the level of care that we would receive after the surgery as well. Um, you know, he walked us through that he would come and visit me, you know, every single day that, you know, his nurse would be on call 24-7. So there was that extra assurance for us and that level of comfort that if something had gone wrong after the surgery, then we would still be um, taken care of. Yep, that's so good when, you know, I love that because really the surgery is only kind of the beginning of the journey, hey, and and I'll talk to you more about that in a minute, but that's kind of when it just starts. It's not like you can't just have surgery and then that's it, I'm done, because that's kind of the start of the journey. In my case, yes. (laughs) Yeah. I, um, you know, my my surgery... um, you know, and I should have warned Dr. Edinburgh before we went in that I'm a bit of a special patient and things that never happen seem to happen to me. Um, so we, I, I needed to have a blood transfusion um, a couple of days after my surgery because I lost a lot of blood through my drains and um, my hemoglobin levels were very, very low. Um, but, you know, it was very, very comforting to me that Dr. Edinburgh was on the phone, you know, at 10 o'clock at night calling the hospital to check what my levels were. And he was there again the next morning at 6am with the head of the nurse nursing unit um, to make sure that I was okay and to make sure that I was getting, getting the level of care that I needed. Um, so, good. yeah. Good. And he, so he was just there and he really cared and he really wanted to make sure everything was okay. And he was so apologetic, but you know, I kept on saying, well, it's not your fault. You know, <laughs> you can't control everything. Um, but, but that level of care and and that responsiveness was just amazing to me because I know that not everyone receives that. Yeah, that's so true, and and that's why um, like I'm we're dead set against you know um, overseas you know surgery for for that reason because you don't know the level of well apart from you know what's being done but the level of aftercare but you know we're not covering that today but anyway um so. During your, like with your procedure, so what actually happened? So, so you went in, you had your consult and then you booked your surgery. Did, did you book it straight away or did you go away and say, that's who I want? And then, cause it sounds like you had like two consultations cause one you book, you talk your husband. Is that right? So, so I actually, um, 
I went to see Dr. Edenberg, I think in a March and we ended up doing the surgery in October because I had a few weddings and events that I needed to make sure there was enough time between. Um, so I ended up going in to see Dr. Edenberg and the girls there at the Eden Institute a couple more times for a few other um, non-surgical procedures, um, which is where my husband had the opportunity to meet Dr. Edenberg. Um, and then, but I, I did, I booked it immediately on the spot and then it was just a little bit of negotiating with the dates. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, no hesitation at all, really. I'd already done a lot of research into the procedures. I, you know, had asked around about doctors. Uh, Norwest Hospital, where I was, is a hospital that I had been to several times. So I also felt comfortable there. Um, it was close to home. Um, I think for me as well, the biggest thing was that I didn't want to go around and tell too many people that I was thinking about doing the surgery because a lot of people would have been quite negative and put down in my mind. So I knew this is what I wanted and I knew that I was going to do it. So I, yeah, just booked it in. Um, yeah. And then just had the, you know, wonderful experience of dealing with everyone quite a few times before the actual day. Yeah. Fantastic. So, so you booked your surgery and of course you've been there a couple of times before. So by the time you went in, you're pretty confident and you're all geared up. So tell us a bit about the actual day. So, and, and how long your procedure was and, and how you felt. So basically, do you, do you know what he did first or what the process was and how long it was? Um, I, yeah, so I actually, I spoke with Dr. Edinburgh in the pre-theatre. Um, so I think, you know, he said to me, look, the whole surgery will probably take about six hours, which was fine. Um, you know, I was a little bit nervous, but again, as soon as I saw him, I was, I was calm and I was okay. He... He's like that, isn't he? He's got that <laughs> kind of, because he is like that. Hey, I've met him and, and, and I've done interviews with him and he's got that, hasn't he? He really does. He's just always calm and collected and, um, you know, he's on the ball. So, um, you know, it makes you feel very comfortable. But, you know, so he, I was in my gown and he sat me up on the bed and sort of started to draw um, across, you know, my breasts and my stomach so that he knew what he was doing in in the surgery, in the theatre. And he talked me through, well, I actually asked the question, you know, what's what goes first I thought that the tummy would go first but he actually said it's the breast that goes first because um and I didn't know this but when you're doing the implant they'll sit you up and see what the implant looks like when you're when you're sitting upright um yeah so I I thought that was you know a bit interesting and um and I hadn't locked down an exact size so I told Dr Edinburgh well, this is the look that I'm going for. I wanted to look like I, you know, I did when I was breastfeeding, when my breasts were full instead of empty. Um, but I wanted it to be, um, to, to fit in with my body. So it wasn't obvious that I'd had an implant. And um, yeah, yeah. So, so after that, I just laid down and went in and, you know, woke up six or seven hours later. And, you know, Dr. Edinburgh came to see me in recovery as well to let me know that it all went okay. Um, and then I was taken back to the, to my room where my family was waiting for me. And, um, you know, they could obviously see some of the results immediately. So they were quite, quite impressed. Um, I think for me personally, I have a fairly high pain threshold, but I was still expecting to be in quite a bit of pain, but it actually wasn't, wasn't too bad to be honest. Um, I think I stopped, stopped most painkillers after about a week. 
And, wow. Um, wow. Yeah. And I, I managed to sit up the next day and get out of bed on my own. So, yeah. That's great. So, so he did your boobs first. Yep. Um, the breast lift and a breast augmentation. Yep. And he did tummy tuck. And where, where was your lipo? Around the hips. Just okay. to sort of, um, I guess, to make sure that after the tummy tuck, everything sort of flows nicely around the area. Yeah, yeah. I think it's um it's a necessary. Well, not with everyone, but I think it it's nice for the contouring. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, I I think that was probably the most painful part of the procedure, the liposuction. Mm-hmm. Um, to be perfectly honest, and I was not expecting that, but um, but yeah, no. Funny you should say that because I actually had a liposuction procedure and I thought that would be really painful. And I swear, by the next day, I was like, did he actually do anything? Like, cause (laughs) so so it's funny. And and yeah, I had a, um, a breast lift and breast reduction and that was horrendous recovery for me. So, so you just don't know, we all heal so differently, you know, and it's just, it's, it's, you know, just whatever you think, it's not necessarily going to be the case. Everyone's different. So what what's what goes for one person doesn't go for the other. Definitely, definitely. I know people that, you know, couldn't get out of bed for six weeks after a tummy tuck and they just had the tummy tuck alone. Yeah. Um, but, you know, yeah, I think... It's amazing, um, hey. It's just, you uh, just don't know. It's just, you know, you can go to the the best doctor and look after you just we all just react differently it's there doesn't seem to be any rhyme or reason except um for the fact that you know just make the right choices and do the best you can but i was going to also ask you so how long were you in hospital for and what was the hospital like um i was in hospital for a week um just because i was draining um quite a bit of fluid still so they like I had two drains um, for my abdomen, none for my breasts. And um, I think for a day, they like to release you if you have under 30 mils of fluid. So anyway, I was there for a week. Um, The hospital was actually really, really good. Um, Like I said, I saw Dr. Edenberg every day. He came in to check on me every day before surgeries. Um, So I had the opportunity to ask him with any questions that I had. Um, he had also called my husband after I got out of surgery to give him an update, which was fantastic. Um, the, the hospital staff themselves are really fantastic though. Like the physiotherapist came to see me every second day to help me get out of bed and do different activities. So, oh, and did they, did he kind of, or, or she, how bad is that? Did he, <laughs> did, did he or she, um, give you some tips of, you know, like, like how to, yeah. When you got yeah. home, because it is it, yeah. like you're hunched over. So, you know, you need to know that stuff. Hey. Yeah. So it was just, you know, um, she, it was a she, <laughs> um, she taught me how to get out of the bed without using um, any of my abdominal muscles. Um, she, she taught me about how to sit, how long to sit for, how long to stand for. Um, and then as we progressed, we moved to the staircase. And so, um, you know, they, they wanted to check and make sure I could climb at least five stairs on my own. Um, but they taught me about, you know, how fast to walk and, and when I could slowly start to stand, um, more upright, I guess. So that was a fantastic, uh, experience for me and I and one that I wasn't expecting to be completely honest so I was gonna say that sounds like a big bonus and um it's like was that all included 
yeah it was it was included yeah yep so um yeah I had I had no awareness of it but without the physiotherapist I think I would have been slightly confused about exactly how far I should or should not push my body um so so that was actually a really big help because I didn't think about things like you know well how long should I sit down for or how long should I lay down for or how am I going to get myself out of bed because I sort of had to roll and push and and shuffle so yeah that was that was great experience and you know what I reckon all of that probably helped with you know the fact that you know after a week you were off painkillers you know what I mean it's the fact that you were probably doing everything right and taught everything right from the very beginning can only have been helpful you know for it as well I think so I really Mm. do think so because if I had to get out of bed on my own on that first day I I I think I would have done some damage but thankfully I didn't so tell me and how long were you in hospital for um yeah so all up a week um and then I yeah, a week, I think. I think it was a Friday that I went in and I got out the following Friday. Nice. And were you given instructions? Because obviously you got a little, like, how old your your baby? Yep. So my daughter um, was two at the time and um, we, we just kept her away from the hospital until day five, um, which is when she could, you know, sit on my lap and I was quite comfortable to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Dr. Edenberg had told me that I, I wasn't allowed to pick her up from grabbing her under the arms. Um, but I could wrap my arms around her whilst I was sitting and then pull her up onto my lap. So, um, he, he gave me very specific instructions on how, how that I, you know, how I could interact with her physically. Um, and, and she was actually completely understanding, you know, we just explained to her that mummy has a sore tummy and um, no, no hitting or kicking or fussing. But, um, yeah, she actually had a lot of fun coming to the hospital and eating my jelly. So <laughs> she enjoyed it. <laughs> of course. And so were you given instructions as to when you, can, you could lift her up? Because um, that's always a big question because you always think, especially with a breast lift and breast augmentation, and even with the tummy as well, like, there's rules as to how soon you could actually pick up your baby, isn't there? So you have to be really aware of that, don't you? Yeah, I think so. And I mean, look, once I left the hospital, I was, you know, I had my one week check at Dr. Edinburgh's office and then I went back after six weeks. Um, and, and, you know, so there were regular checks where I could say, okay, so can I do this? Can I do that? Um, you know, even, even going back to driving, you know, was something that I was definitely keen to do. Um, so, you know, in terms of picking, picking her up, that was sort of once I got to a certain point, then it was up to me and when I felt comfortable to do it. Um, I, so I, I started to pick her up again after about three months. But it, it didn't impact my, my life too bad because I just learnt to sit on the lounge or sit on the bed and say, you know, climb up here. Or like I said, I grabbed her around, you know, with my arms around her and then I just pulled her up to me. Um, so, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't miss any of those moments, which was nice. Yep. Yep. So tell me a bit about the aftercare. So you're home, you've been to have the checkup. So what was the steps after that? Like, was there any kind of um, an after surgery, like a post-surgery program in place for you? What did you actually do? What was the process? Cause it sounds like you had a bit of LED. Yep. Um, I, I did have the LED, so that was, that was awesome, um, to reduce the scarring and to help or promote the healing. 
process. Um, I I went into Dr. Edenberg's office, um, you know, by that stage, I was like, you just tell me when I have to come in next. I wasn't really yeah. thinking, you know, two, three, six weeks ahead. Yeah. Um, so I, yeah, I just went in there for my normal checkups, which was done in his, um, in his clinic, in his offices with his nurse. Um, and they would just check my scarring, make sure everything's okay. Um, answer any questions that I had and just change. So for the first couple of visits, you know, I, I didn't change my own bandages. So that was left to them. And then they had to teach me how to do that as well. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, that was also a bit of a process, just learning how to take things off and then put them back on. Sure. So, so how many, like, where were your, your bandages? So I had, um, just the steri strips along my stomach and I had them around my nipple and down the incision line to under my breast. Mm -hmm. So, um, I, I did start to change those ones after the first visit. So, I would I left them on from the hospital until the first visit and then on the stomach I would only change them if they were coming off. So um I would have to clean the wound and then and then put a new steri strip back on and around the breast was the same. And then I think after the visit following that, so I think at the four week mark, is when I would actually take them off every second day or um when they when they came off, I think I was actually allowed to just leave them off by that stage on my breasts. So, um, oh, okay. yeah, yeah. Nice. And so when do you reckon was the last, the last time that you would have gone to the clinic for specifically for your, the surgery that you had, like how long after your surgery or how many times as well? Um, Were you going I, regularly or just for checkup or, or? I, I think the very last time that I went was actually about four or five months afterwards. Um, and that was, that was just to make sure that everything was okay and to get the all clear to go back to the gym. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah. <laughs> How long before you went back to the gym? Probably one of the most important questions for a gym junkie. It skips my mind so, because I'm not the gym junkie. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I was told that I could start. Um, so I had the surgery in the October. I went and saw Dr. Edinburgh at the start of the following February. Um, just to ask, I was allowed to do gentle exercise such as walking. Um, but I, I asked, you know, when am I allowed to do a sit up? And he said, okay, you can start now. Um, but when I say a sit up, I mean a sit up. So you start with one. <laughs> and so, um, and then I progressively, I had to work my way up from there. So yeah, that, that was sort of the last time that I had been there. Um, and and I've been back there since for other things actually. So yeah, it's a bit of an ongoing visit. Yeah, of course. Well, it's nice to find a clinic that um, becomes your clinic for all of your, um, let's say, enhancements. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so tell me, so how post-op are you now? Um, I so my surgery was in the October in 2017. So I am nearly a year and a half post-op. Yeah. So you um, recovered. So so. What has it done for the way you feel about yourself? Like, how do you feel that you're different? And and I don't know about you, but the first time I had a tummy tuck and um and they they took off the bandages like for ages because my belly was so big, um or my my skin was so loose. I always felt like there was a part of me missing. It was almost like you know a ghost part. You know, you, you lose a limb and you feel like yes, <laughs> like I'd go to touch part of myself and it wasn't there, and I'd be I'd be like 
you know, I don't just, it was so surreal for so long. How, what, how's it made you feel like? You know what? I, I never had any of those sensations specifically. I think, um, for me, like I said, I, you know, I got my confidence back just to even step into a gym, which was fantastic. Um, I, for me, the biggest, the biggest thing, cause you know, obviously you're swollen for a little while. So I had this in my mind where I thought I can go out and buy new clothes immediately, but you're actually still swollen for, you know, you know, a month and a half, two months. So I had to sort of take my time there. But for me, the biggest, the biggest feeling that I get is when I put something on and it's just too big for me, or it looks silly because, you know, my body shape has changed so much that I just feel really like, I just feel really satisfied and I know that I made the right choice for me, um, you know, and, and when my daughter looks at me and now she sees me exercising and, um, you know, taking care of my body and even the fact that I made that decision for myself, like I feel like I'm setting the right example for her as well. Um, but, you know, it, on a purely vain level, it's really nice to walk into a bra store and actually be the size that I want to be or, you know, be able to put a singlet top on and not have to wear a bra. You know, being able to wear clothes without bras is like something that I've always dreamed of. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, and, and it's, it's just a little bit satisfying because a lot of my friends, I think, have thought about doing similar surgeries um, over the years and for whatever reason they haven't decided to proceed. And now they look at me and they're like, oh, you know, I'm so happy you did that. And it's just made me want to do it even more. And so it, it's also, you know, nice to be able to encourage people to do something that they want to do for themselves. Um, and I've definitely been completely open and honest about my experience and what I've had done. Like I'm not hiding it from anyone. And um, it's just nice to hear, you know, like I said, how many people actually want to do something and, and I'm able to point them in in the right direction or share with them my experience and, and my recommendation. I have to, I have to agree. Actually, I think probably the, the, the best thing about the whole thing is the fact that you can actually relate to people who are in the same position as you were. And you kind of, you've got that, you know, the empathy and the fact that you can share with them your journey. And it's just, you know, it's always, you know, it's always about helping other people, you know, as well, really. Yeah. I, I really agree. Like I know people that have wanted to do something, you know, one of my girlfriends has had three pregnancies and her breasts have, you know, gone up to a size G several times and now she's finished having children and she just wants a lift and a reduction. And she's been talking about it now for six years and um, she's never even made the appointment because there's all these reasons why she shouldn't do it. And so it's nice to stand in front of her and say, well, this is what happens when you do. Yeah. Um, You know, and just to be that, you know, that role model for why, why women should actually make these decisions for themselves and actually chase after it if it's truly what they want to do. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, of course. So that's been so, so interesting. So, so last question. So if you had your time, would you do it again? And if there's one piece of advice that you could give someone that's embarking on the same journey, what would it be? I would 100% do it again. Um, I am extremely happy with my results beyond belief. Um, I think my, my one piece of advice is just to make sure you are comfortable with your doctor and you make sure you check on the level of aftercare because you don't want to get caught out. 
um, if something does happen or, you know, you have a question at 11 o'clock at night because you're worried about, you know, the colour of discharge or something coming from your wound, you need to know that, you know, you're being taken care of not just in the surgery but after the surgery. Yep, that's such good sound advice, Tara. Mm. Yeah, awesome. Well, thank you. Is there anything else that you want to say or...? No, no, I'm good. Thank you so much. Yeah, no worries. Look, thank you so much for that. That's been really um, insightful. And it's so funny because no matter how many stories that I hear from some of you amazing women that have just gone through this um, journey, every story's got that little something that you pick up from as well. So I I never get sick of hearing them. It's great. I love it. (laughs) Thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy day to have a chat with us, Tara. No worries. Thanks for having me. Lovely. And listeners, look, if you're out there and you want to get in touch with uh, Dr. Mark Edenberg from Eden Institute, you can um, yeah, just Google Eden Institute. You can drop us an email to info at plasticsurgeryhub.com.au or you can check him out in the directory as well. So, yeah, um, do it. And like I always say, yeah, don't do it yesterday. That's my motto because I always like I'm, whenever I've had surgery, it's always been, oh, why didn't I do it sooner? So thank you so much for joining us today, Tara. Not a problem. Thank you. Okay, bye. Bye. The material provided in this podcast is general information and does not constitute medical advice, nor is it a substitute for consultation and advice from your own practitioner. It should not be used to diagnose or treat any medical illness. Any medical or surgical decision should be made in consultation with your own doctor or practitioner and not based on the materials provided in this podcast.